Hello, and welcome to another episode of Chatter, a podcast from The Gist, with me, Josh Hamilton. Jesus R., the creative and filmmaker, was my guest on today's show. Amongst other things, Jesus created the official fragrance for the royal wedding of Prince William and Kate Middleton, and ran a handful of advertising campaigns for P. Diddy. In this conversation, we went through some of the ideas that he's explored in his upcoming film, Suicide Saint, which attempts to raise the ideas of suicide as a major problem for the developed world and to promote the idea of art over algorithms in a Hollywood culture obsessed with focus groups and profit. If you haven't already and you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to this podcast and to our mailing list. And don't forget my book, Brexit, The Establishment Civil War, is now available for pre-order on Amazon. You'll find the link in the description below. So here's Hazus R. Jesus, it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you for coming on my show. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, uh, I appreciate you having me on your show. No, not a problem. So uh, let's just like dive straight in. I know you're a busy man. Um, so I, I listened to some some interviews with you where you talked about uh, branding not being an important thing for an indiv- individual to pursue, that you feel that, or you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you feel that it's you should just let your work speak for yourself and and i find that kind of not ironic but i was i was curious to get you to to explain what you meant because like the 21st century is is so much about you have to become your own brand and you have to like sell yourself that's what it's all about and and the man that embodies that the most potentially of anyone in history is currently your president <laughs> so sure. do, do you really think that that you should you can just let your work speak for yourself in in the 21st century well I, well i'd make a uh, a distinction and a, and a clarification there i would say if i was giving advice to millennials or up and coming filmmakers that you know absolutely they should be focused on building their brand uh because the way the industry works everything is Everything is defined by algorithms, right? Whether it's YouTube or Hollywood, um, arts have become a business. And the way algorithms work in in the film industry is they pad a project with whatever A-list actors or accredited writers or name value directors, and they mitigate their risk and their profit potential based on calculating those algorithms. Films aren't greenlit on their artistic merit or their impact or social good. And that's the challenge that I have. And, you know, part of my fight in making this film is to p- push this idea of art over algorithms for us to kind of change the paradigm of how what we consider it important to create as, as art. But for me, I've always done myself. It, well, we'll see, you know, a couple of years from now how things pan out, right, for the rest of my career and legacy and the impact I make. But I've always, um, for me, like whether it was film or advertising, uh, especially in the advertising world um, in, in, in the corporate structure and, you know, so many people serving themselves in their careers and, and trying to get ahead. I always felt like no matter what project I was working on, it was important to serve the brand at the, at the end of the day, it wasn't my, um, you know, it wasn't my personal exposure or, or status climb or anything else in the industry that mattered for me it was whatever project i'm working on that needs to be successful in its own light because that that's that's your your craft like your the 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 work is a product of your craft 
Uh, and if you're more focused on yourself than the work, unfortunately, that's the age that we live in now, right? Because to your point, we live in this self-fulfilling vanity culture of social media that then predicates these false realities because now everyone's comparing themselves to other people's lives. And that's not even the, that person's true life, right? They're, they're branding themselves to such a high level that society is no longer real. And I think yeah. that's the, the problem when you get so, um, you know, self-absorbed in this high level of branding that now every, everybody's a brand. Nobody's a real person mm. anymore. So it goes past the art to start to hurt society. Mm. I mean, the a book that I read this year um, by Naomi Klein was uh, is called um, No Logo, and I believe it was written about twenty years ago. And it's, it was all about the sort of decline of unbranded spaces, and talked about how you know people as a brand was was growing, and and it's quite it was quite interesting to see how her predictions and sort of her assessment has really panned out over over the last twenty years. But you really you focused in on on your phrase the art over algorithms. Do do you want to like give a little bit more explanation of of what exactly you mean there? Yeah, well, for me, when I when I look at the world today. And I think about the what what encourages or engages people to create arts. Now it's about money. Um, it doesn't matter if you're in the music industry, the film industry, like all these industries have been perverted by profit. And because the goal is profit, it's it's no longer about what's going to inspire or make the world beautiful. And if you go back you know, many years when we had a, a renaissance period and, you know, artists were doing amazing things and wh whether, see, I don't want to be off of my history here. I don't know if the 16th chapel was part of the renaissance period, but <laughs> my point is there's a time in history where- I think where, it was because um, Michelangelo was, was definitely like a renaissance painter. So he must've done it at that time. Okay. So wherever that time period is- uh, like for me, when I when I look back, it's at, at, at the art, the literature, the theater, uh, you know, classical music, all, you know, everything wasn't about or I could be wrong because I'm, I'm not thinking about it in terms of how much money they made or how they made their money. But mm. I look at it more in a viewpoint of a lot of artists were commissioned and there were certain people in society that they had to work. And if you're an artist, it wasn't a, a business. Right. Like in, in the U.S., I look at the film industry now as a business, you know, because we went from paintings to, you know, photographs to moving pictures with sound and like granted there, they have to make this investment, right? Somebody has to foot the bill for the, for the production. And then because they're taking a risk, they want to make a profit. But I think that defeats the purpose of us having art in society because all these other careers and things that we have, the arts is something that we're supposed to fall back on. It says, this is why life is beautiful and this is why life is worth living. Right. Mm -hmm. we, we were able to not veg out, but tune in. Right. We're, it's not it's not supposed to we're supposed to get our inspiration from these things that make that we understand why life is beautiful and society is beautiful. Um, and now those those great inspiring films are too far, few in between. And we're just with music and everything else. There's just so much bullshit. If you don't mind me cursing on. on no, no, no. Go for it. Um, <laughs> But and and I think, you know that that does a disservice to society. You know, right now Rome is burning. We're just we're just mm. destroying ourselves. And this is why you know I'm so passionate about this film and addressing mental health because of all these 
different things with social media and the decline of the arts and, and uh, us not focusing on, on the beauty over money, uh, our, our mental health has suffered. And you know, suicide rates have increased 30% in the last two decades for children. It's increased 70% for children 10 and 17. So um, there definitely needs to be a big deconstruct of, of how we create arts and, and how um, people engage their, their, their intentions and their motives for wanting to make something. Mm. I definitely want to talk about about your, your new film and suicide, but quickly, just before we get to that, do you really think uh, there's a contradiction between between profit making and like really, truly like individual, like not like mass produced or not formulaic art? Because honestly, it, sometimes it confuses me that 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 studios or or people who are funding um, projects don't get that like something that's truly like raw or individual or or unique isn't like isn't necessarily unprofitable in in fact in in a world where things have become quite sort of formulaic something more individual is almost i don't know has more potential to 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 have profit and seem more real like do do you think that that that's not taken into consideration um you would think so. You you would think that would make sense, but uh, you know, less people believe that, right? And it's all it's this idea of supply and demand. So, um, you know, an easier thing to look at that's more understandable or relatable is the music industry because that there's a little more transparency on on the success of the of the records and the streams and what hits and doesn't hit, right? Like, no, commercially nobody listens to conscious rap, although that would improve society by. So many multiple factors, you know, records like WAP. I, I don't know if you guys listen to WAP over there by Cardi B and Meg Thee Stallion. It's like, what kind of message is that sending to young girls? And I understand that there's this, you know, um, argument for, okay, there, there's, uh, everybody should have their, their, well, what's what? One of our one of yeah, our amendments here. I'm, I'm your, losing your, my uh, your freedom of speech. No, your freedom of speech. Yeah, people uh, express but, themselves whatever they want. Yeah, yeah. You figure like, okay, people are supposed to have their freedom of speech, and 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 me being, you know, the staunch artist. Maybe this is kind of hip being me blasphemous for saying artists shouldn't have this level of expression. But I think, in terms of commercial norms and what we're putting on society, yes, there's there's a there's a time and a place for everything. And I feel like that type of record doesn't need to exist in this world. Okay, if somebody wants to exploit their the freaky side of themselves and talk about sex in such a you know prolific way, mm. great. But it for it to be the mainstream commercial message, you know, the yeah. number one thing in a world. What what is that doing for society and for our young girls and the impression that and, you know? And the same thing with with rap music. When we, everything is about predicating the like. Or, 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 or perpetuating this idea of us being killers and gangsters. And now the young kids think, well, this is what's cool. So w- when you're in, when, you know, the arts influence us, films influence us, our, our, our self-identity, how we perceive each other culturally, uh, our social cues and on how we're supposed to behave and, and engage and interact emotionally, um, you know, from all the way down from we're little toddlers watching cartoons. Like this is what we pick up and we learn and we become. Mm. 
Yeah, I, I I couldn't agree more. I mean, the I know Ben Shapiro got got a, a lot of hate for his reaction to the the WAP video, and it was. I mean, he saw he did sound like an old man, like going through it. But I mean, he had some valid what, points. What did he, he, what did he, he just, say? He was just like he was just basically make, making the same critique as you, but like in his in like his very sort of like well to do way was literally just reading out the lyrics. It was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh like i feel like he had a bit of a point i mean there's um like there's a song that always comes to mind uh called orna with um wiz khalifa and the weekend and and ty dollar sign and it's filthy and i love that song but i'm not sure i would want like my if if i had like i don't know 12 13 year old like kids i would i'm not sure i would want them listening to that but like anyway that's just me but um yeah we're here to talk about but your new film mainly um so you it's uh, do you want to basically give us like a little a little overlay of 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 what you what the new film is about and then i can sort of follow up with some questions that i've got yeah look i don't mind if we talk about these other things i'm i'm, I'm not here to sell the film well that's true but no <laughs> i do crazy, i do as crazy as that sounds like <laughs> i'm having an interview about the film but i i, I don't care about promoting the film that's um fair. you know that, that that goes back to you know this idea that the art should speak for itself right I, true uh, you got some sake going on over there. I mean, it's just a Sorry. bit. It's just it's just a bit of tea. Uh, it's red bush tea, oh. but it's in like a little uh, tea set I got from Vietnam. It's great because it keeps it it keeps it hot, so that like I can drink it for like an hour and it just stays like nice and warm. So it's because it's only the little cubs. Um, I wish it was sake. Nice. I, I, I don't want to blow you up in front of your listeners that you're uh, you're drinking on. I don't care. <laughs> no, I mean at some point I am gonna gonna get like really drunk on air with one of my best friends, but that not yet. We'll we'll openly admit that in advance uh, when that happens. Listen, that, that that that's a famous thing here in the U.S. too. They have a show called Drink Champs. With uh, they just bring on rappers and they just get drunk and try to pull out the truth. Oh man, I've got um, to check that out. But but yeah, I'll be I'll be happy to talk about. Uh, Suicide scene, of course. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead, brother. Tell, tell me. Uh... Yeah, like so. I mean, the you, there's a stat that came out um, in in the the research I was doing for your for your film about the, for this interview is that 800,000 people around the world commit suicide every year. Um, and in Northern Ireland, it's it's uh, we have a really high rate compared to the the rest of the UK. Um, so it's something that's like very much like in the in the heads of people here. It's it's. Um, it's been focused on in the last sort of five, 10 years. I remember there was campaigns in, in my university because there was a guy who had been in the same course as me, um, had committed suicide. And, but like that number is, is so close to the number of people that have been, have been killed by, by COVID like at the minute, I think it's, it's, it's nearing a million, um, estimated worldwide. And yet I don't think we view suicide as anywhere near the level of problem that we view COVID and, I'm curious as to whether you think that this pandemic will will make us think differently about things like suicide that take the lives of so many people globally, like every year. I think that it's going to make, and already is making us think differently about a lot of things. Uh, everything has changed, and I don't think anything will ever be the same. Uh, in a good, and you know, some people feel that in a bad way, but not, you know, other people understand in a good way. Um, I'm hoping that there's a positive change and more awareness for mental health, because to your point, you know, the, the, the rate of suicides is, you know, like one person every 40 seconds um, is, is taking their life. And it's, and it's really unfortunate because we do ourselves the disservice of like the one thing that could benefit us the most and improve our lives the most is fo get, focusing on our mental health. We've created this stigma. Like we've created this, this, this idea that, 
we're weak if we talk about it or it's not okay to talk about it with friends or if somebody has a severe illness that's a friend or in our family there's an embarrassment or shame or you know like all these things that we want to bury deep down inside of us when the thing that helps us is to share or to get help and it's unfortunate because 80 to 90 percent of people who go and get help the help is successful whether they get therapy or prescription drugs or whatever it is but more than 60% of people don't ever go to get help. So you have a society that's suffering and nobody wants to talk about it or do anything about it. But we put all this attention and focus on our financial health, on our physical health, on all these other things that we, that we want to chase money or whatever that we think is going to, you know, be this, our, our pursuit of happiness when all we really need to do is just fix our mental health. Because the, the interesting thing about this, you know, subject matter and this issue is that one, it impacts every other problem that we have in society. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's racism, domestic violence, even even down if you don't have illness, just the smallest infraction of road rage, your your temper, your mood, all, all these things mm-hmm. are regulated by your mental health. And, and and your physical health as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Your 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 stress, all these things are, are, are weighed down on you, right? So it one, it, it impacts every other aspect of society all the societal ills that we have if we if we can be in a much more stable balanced mindset um we can fix these other things right the the root of all these other issues we face are derived from our mental and then two it it impacts every area every um level of society there's it doesn't it doesn't matter what uh, race uh, ethnicity um social status you have in life if, if you come from poverty and adversity or if you come from absolute privilege, people are still suffering from mental health. People still have, no matter how rich and famous you are, you, people are still dealing with self-doubt, depression, anxiety. You know, the biggest actors in the world, the biggest comedians in the world, uh, the biggest fashion designers, you know, unfortunately, in the fashion industry, people like Kate Spade and, and Alexander McQueen hung themselves like this. This affects everyone. It's not for a, t- a particular class or group or, or, you know, it's not something that we should be polarized in politics or different views of, of, of science and how people are uh, addressing the pandemic here in the U S we have the most ridiculous arguments. Some people want to wear a mask. Other people don't want to wear a mask. Like, why would you not want to wear a mask? Like, I mean, they're irritating, <laughs> but like, that's the side. <laughs> no, like, we, look, nobody likes to wear them. Like we all hate wearing them, but mm. it's, it's a, it's a social contract that, that you have with society that you, you don't live in a world by yourself. You can't argue and say, oh, these are my personal rights. You can't tell me to wear a fucking mask. I can do whatever I want. That's ignorant because you don't live in this world by yourself. You, you know, you, you live. It's a social contract that there's other people around you. Look, this is something we all want to get rid of and want it to go away. Right. So participate in that process. And I, I won't go on in the politics of that. But yeah. if we if we everyone had a, a, a clearer view of, of or, or, or more stability, right? Like, because where does that 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 greed for that self right come from, right? Does that come from an insecurity? Was that person, you know, deny things as in, in their childhood? You know, everything comes from a, a, a sort of trauma, and hurt people hurt other people. And I feel like people who are excessively greedy or selfish or you know focused on 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 them above other people don't have a really good balance. You know, I feel like for us to have a good balance we should be kind and compassionate and considerate and 
think about more what unites us instead of focus on all the things that divide us. Mm. I mean, one of the things I'm hopeful for for the, the, the pandemic, or at least for the lockdown itself, is that people have had a little more time to kind of reflect on themselves and and maybe sort of have a little more time to to think and 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 sort of help help themselves in in sort of confronting maybe things they they'd been putting off or sort of realizing that maybe we weren't happy with certain parts of their life so i'm 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 like cautiously optimistic about how people might react but i'm also aware that it might go the t- the complete other way and the, the isolation might be might be really um really trying for for a lot of people um, but yeah, I was I was gonna before you get into your next question, I just want to make a comment on that. Yeah, that that could be, you know, good and bad impact, right? Because even you know in, in New York, uh, I read some article where like the divorce rates shot up when all these people were at home. So it's like maybe there was couples that were in and out going to work and not going to work, and now they live with each other, realizing like, oh wait, I don't really get along with this other person, or people being at home for so long and being isolated. Maybe for some people it gives them time to reflect and other people they're they're facing their demons or they're, you know, they're living inside their head. We, we're, we're in a society where we're, we're so stuck mm-hmm. inside of our own head. Right. Everything in life isn't about what happens to you, but it's how you react to it. Mm-hmm. And it's how you perceive the world that determines if you're happy or not. Right. You can have people with the same circumstances. And this person is happy and couldn't be more grateful. And this person is just miserable or they feel entitled and they should have more or you know what have you so um all all these things come from our mind yeah i mean there's there's a really interesting thing you you said that we're all sort of stuck inside our own mind it's funny like i was uh, i've been i've been trying to do a social media detox for the whole month um after after reading this book called digital minimalism because it talked a lot about how important it is for our brain to have just space like just space with silence that we can just like think and let our mind kind of wander and 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 when we're not scrolling something on social media or or listening to something or or you know just we're, we're constantly bombarded with stuff taking our attention um in in the 21st century and uh, he he was kind of putting forward that that one of the perhaps one of the reasons for like the 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 rise in in mental health problems over the past like 20 years was just less and less time for our own mind um in order to sort of just like figure ourselves out you know i i feel like uh, boredom is a really useful tool <laughs> at, at times for for you know being able to like work through things in your in your head and we kind of we kind of lost that a little bit i think in the last sort of 20 years very very slowly um but um going on to no I, I, absolutely I, I i couldn't agree with you more and i think i think part of that is this idea that um you know, we're we're living in a time now where you know we're um, there's something about about uh, 50 years ago. Future Shock. Are you familiar with Future Shock uh, by Alvin uh, Toffler? Um, so if, if you think about our uh, well, I, I, I'll I'll reference it here. But if you think about our the existence of humanity, right? Um, they've been living, and this was written in 1970. So, and I, I, I didn't fact check these numbers. I don't know if, if scientists have studied longer than 50,000 years yet or not, or whatever. But based off of this, which makes a lot of sense to me in the understanding of it, like some of these numbers could change. But when I get to the end point, um, you know, hopefully. It, you, <laughs> 
you get the point while I'm bringing it up. But okay. you know, when you think about our lifetimes, right? We've lived with a with an average, you know, lifespan of say like 62 years old from one generation to the next. Over 50,000 years, that's been 800 lifetimes, right? So out of 800 lifetimes of the whole existence of man, 650 of those lifetimes we've been in caves, right? And and in the last 70, only in the last 70 out of 800 lifetimes, ha, you know, have we had writing, right? Where we have writing and recording history. Um, in the last six lifetimes has been uh, mass printing, right? We're going back to wow. 372 years. Yeah. In the last four lifetimes, um, you know, have we had an accurate measure of time? In the last two lifetimes, we've had the electric motor. So now if you think about us being <laughs> in existence for 800 lifetimes, right? 50,000 years, but only in the last two years, we've had the last two lifetimes. You know, in the last 124 years, we have the electric motor. And then what's more profound is just in one lifetime. We're just talking the last yeah. couple decades. Have we had cell phones and computers? So it's like we're our... our physical constructs and the way our mind works. And you talk about us needing to have this space, mm. space to breathe. And, you know, we started out as hunters and gatherers and society was so simple where it was like, Hey, I'll, I'll go and kill the, kill the, uh, Buffalo and come back. And, you know, my wife will skin it up yep. and we'll make dinner and we'll put on our furs <laughs> and we'll survive the winter. Like it was way, like way, way more simplified. And now we have, all these jobs and careers and industries and businesses. And like we built all this bullshit that really doesn't mean anything. Right. And we've, we've given so much, uh, a tremendous amount of importance to all these different things that I guess is supposed to make us more sophisticated or educated or whatever. But I, I see society deteriorating, destroying mm. itself because we're more divided by all these different ideals that we have. The fact that people argue over a fucking mask, like, <laughs> like, I mean, I'm on one side of the argument, so I, you know, I'm a victim of it because I, yeah. but I feel like that's, that's the space that we're in that we, you know, we we're all making sense of our views and opinions, but, and, and call me a hypocrite if, if you will, but like that's the things that were made important that I'm ultimately saying aren't really that important. Now that we live in that construct, I feel like, okay, this is how we should be sensible. But yeah, only in the last one lifetime out of, out of 50,000 years do we have cell phones and computers. And we're not doing enough to make the proper adjustments to balance or combat the impact that that technology has on us, right? I had a big fall. I don't know. I wouldn't know if we'd call it falling out or if we're going to come back to the table. But I, I really cursed the fuck out of these executives at, at YouTube because they're they're so they were nice enough last year to have me. I brought kids from my film school to the YouTube space in New York and. I thought we were building a good relationship and we, you know, we had this real talk on their platform. And when I talked to them about um, spotlighting content that was inspirational, you know, they gave me some bullshit about, well, we let the platform dictate or the algorithms dictate what comes to the highest. So it's fair to all the content creators Mm -hmm. in our community. And then the next week I get some emails spotlighting some of their creators. It's like, (laughs) this is absolute Bullshit. They just they just want to focus on their 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 money makers or the content that's going to keep driving. Mm. And even if we all live in a world where it's like sometimes the loudest people are the most ignorant people. So the ones that are rising 
to the top of that, those algorithms are people who are self-absorbed or vanity or profit driven. And they're just trying to get likes and followers and this and, that, and they're making the most noise online. And, and if you look within the arts community, it's the same thing. The people with the biggest followers are usually trash and the greatest artists don't even have a Instagram or social media page. So what does that, what, what, what balance happens in society, right? Now all the good stuff is undiscovered and we have our, our social norms of what we think, you know, our overall average view of culture is based on algorithms and not based on something real, mm. right? Because real artists don't want to exploit themselves and sell their shit. They just want to make dope shit and then have people, inspire yeah. people. Yeah. 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 I mean, I guess like some of that's got to be because um, we, we've we definitely got lazy as like a, as a society. Like, you know, people used to have to go to say like a, a record store and trawl through like hundreds of records to find that one that they really loved or that one that they've been waiting for. And now we just kind of like log on and click it, expect to have three clicks and have like the 10 top new songs in, in, in the, like, and they're on the chart this week. And then all the new releases from all your favorite artists, just like there. And, and it kind of goes like, there's a, there's a whole bunch of movements. I don't know if you've called, heard of them. They're, they're, they're sort of just, they're called like slow media, slow food, um, things like that. So it's slow, whatever, slow news Yeah. that the, their, their point is that the, people should take time to cultivate like actually genuinely good things because you enjoy it more when you've taken the time to cultivate it and and part of part of what i think is is kind of i don't know caused maybe like you can disagree with me you can but i think a lot of the the mental health problems that are caused these days is because most of the technology we've created is is like a poor substitute for like real humanity or real interaction and and we can we 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 constantly go after it craving what it's replaced without actually ever getting it um i mean what what do you think's caused like the the sort of rise in in suicide rates in 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 the more developed uh, nations in the world and and especially like uh, mental health problems amongst amongst younger people like what well, what's your assessment on it well well first i would say that i love this uh idea of this of the slow movement right mm-hmm. but unfortunately we we live in a world where success is, you know, based on speed and, and what it's fast food, fastest. Like we live in this instant gratification microwave society and it's only going to get worse because now the whole world is going to have 5G and then it's going to be, you know, 6G and 10G. Like we're just going to be, um, we're, we're, we're really burning the fuses in our minds, right? Like mm, that's a great way like, of putting it. I'm going to write. Yeah. That. Like we're just, we're just, <laughs> we're, we're, we're not like, we definitely need to slow down. I think I think technology, as much as it's a, a gift in some ways, where it, it brings, um, where, where, you know, I guess the, the, the points of it that I used to see as a gift are also starting to deteriorate because for me, I used to view it that, okay, it, in a lot of ways, it, it puts the hands back in the power of the people because you no longer have to rely on these systems and these studios and news stations that, create all this propaganda that, you know, I I guess at the very beginning of it, maybe 10 years ago, there was a moment where they didn't figure it all out. And we were like, okay, now we can self-publish. Now we can, new artists can get on without having to depending on the system, but they've kind of came back in and regulated. And now there's, they're, they're using social media to, to create all the propaganda because they realize that, Hey, people don't no longer watch TV and the news anymore. They get all their information from their timelines and their social feeds. So now that's been, perverted because 
now we have all of our information, misinformation online, right? It's and, and, and there's so many people just, man, I could go on about that. But to, to your question uh, about the increase in, in, in suicide and these other things, it's, it's the pressure. It's the anxiety. The more thing, the more stuff that is crowding your mind and the more you're overworked uh, of these different expectancies um, and the more that these comparisons, you're comparing yourself to other people's lives and, you know, people going to the club, they might've had a wait online for two hours. They get in a club, they finally get in there. They're standing next to somebody else's table. They, they take a shot next to the, to the bottle, whatever. Hey, I'm bowling. And, that one second and people at home thinking like, oh, my gosh, the life is so much better by not knowing that <laughs> this motherfucker is broke and then even like barely got in there or whatever. Like people just try to find the sl- smallest moment in their day mm. to make it look like their life is so fabulous. <laughs> if you, you can go out to dinner with somebody, you could be on a date and it's like you're miserable the whole time you're arguing. But you might find that one moment, oh, smile or, you know, like or take a picture of the food or whatever it is like everybody's trying to brand themselves like to your point earlier and create this illusion and not realizing that we're all suffering and we all have problems. We all face the same problems. If we would just speak about those problems, then we'd be like, damn, their life isn't that much better than mine. Maybe what I have, I have it. I got it good. It's not, it's not that bad. And and, because people get so, and then this cancel culture and everything else where, you know, like that's the worst thing ever. Feeling like you can just throw people away. Mm. Like people make mistakes. We don't need to, throw them away for their mistakes we need to find out what the root of that problem is where, do, where does that come from mm-hmm. we're we just going to just keep throwing away people to have to like yeah yeah the I world mean, is thrown away yeah. like you can't get them back after you throw them away like you it's 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 a bunch of senseless yeah. bullshit I, I you know I, i'm hoping that we all wake up and, I, and and that's why i'm passionate about making a film like this to try to change the narrative to change the way films are made in hollywood um and and to impact the way people think about mental health itself. Mm. I, one of the one of the things that I, I'm kind of hopeful about is is whether we're gonna whether we're gonna adapt to to the the sort of the 21st century like constant bombardment world. I mean, I've noticed, especially amongst like people of my generation, that that they they're kind of like one by one they're just slowly like switching off from from being online all the time or taking stuff like apps off their phone or just little steps like that just personally taking it and and do do you think that there's a chance that like f- when tv came out right people thought that that it was just that was the end like that we were just going to be brainwashed duds who were just sit in front of the tv the whole time and that's not the reality of course some people do but I mean, do you think that there's a chance that we might be able to like learn to live with that kind of technology, but be able to just like train ourselves to turn it off, take the benefits we need, either want from it or feel we get, and and then kind of just sort of cast the rest away? Like, because I still feel like there's an element of novelty to it. Like, it might be maybe ten years old, but that to your point about like what's new for that's still like half a generation out of eight hundred you know do you think we can learn and, and kind of you know improve well, our relationship with it well i will say this i mean it it you know because what is it we use i don't know what they say we used five percent ten percent of our brains i mean that's 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 ability. that that's that's like all, almost total bullshit um actually oh okay i know uh, i, I know 
Well, I, I've heard these different things. I, I haven't gone to recent re- research or whatever. No, I remember. You know, I saw I, de- I saw a debunking video about about that stat. It was uh, yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> okay, so then we have no hope. Then forget about it. I was gonna say, <laughs> I was gonna go. I was gonna give us some credit and say, hey, look, look, the mind is an amazing thing, and it's a, you know, we have infinite capacities. And I don't think you know, that's not say, true. Hey, if we have, you know, only five percent, that yeah, our, our, our all that other percentage we're not using. But if we're already maxed out, if, if that's been debunked, then we're we're hopeless. We're hopeless. <laughs> sorry, sorry, to, sorry. We to are hope, society, society. Society really is this dumb. We're just <laughs> we are, we are hopeless. Um, no, I think you know it's it's of course it's going to change when when you have you know kids as, as much as it's so against human nature and what's natural and what you know if we we have the abilities to create these things that that has to exist for some reason right we can't just say that we're never going to evolve and if 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 this you know came from some foreign place and we didn't have the ability to create it but we're we're creating it right whether you know some people think that steve jobs was an alien and if this was from you know or whatever like how the pyramids were made i i, I don't know if you got some new information for me on the pyramids but you know all all these the pyramids are mad, though. That like, like seriously mad. There's the the thing that gets me is like right in the right above the king's chamber. There's these like hundred ton like granite blocks, and I like in my head I'm always like they must have had like a crane of some form. But I'm like, how fucking big <laughs> would the crane need to be to get this thing? And it was floating that shit with telekinesis. They were just like uh, their their minds were so simple, and they're just able to have full. <laughs> control of the universe um yeah i think we're just so divided and distracted now there's just too too much to think about that you never get a moment of peace and the increase in speed and technology you know i can see you know as as the species will will adapt and then and at some point they'll probably just put computer chips in our brains so (laughs) Our brain, so literally it'll be able to just process certain stuff for us and then we'll maybe there'll be a new revolution of freeing up our, our natural minds to get back to some state of balance but um i, I think it's 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 i don't know I'm, i've always been optimistic so as as much as i want to delve into what some how scary some of the things could be from what just how bad i see things getting i'm hopeful that um, there's a realization at some point. I don't know when that breaking or tipping point is going to be where people are like, fuck it, this, this is just not going to work if we keep going in this direction. I mean, we haven't figured it out for global warming or any of these other issues. Uh, you know, people are still just focused on profit, profit, profit. So I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know what that outcome is going to be and, until we can find, until we can prove the love and, and is more important than money. Um, I think it's, it's going to be continually be challenging. I mean, I feel like the the again the lockdown might 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 be able to change a few things in in uh, I'm I, yeah I'm a hope a hopeless optimist in in this category and I'm currently like trying to trying to figure out exactly what it might change but I think it's really gonna gonna change the way we we kind of look at a lot of things um hopefully for the better um but uh, I have um to go for another call here in a minute so. I'm just going to go for a final question. Like, what would your biggest tip for an aspiring sort of filmmaker or creative be in uh, 2020? Focus on 
what makes you different. Don't don't get sucked up into, you know, what what the what's cool or what you know what what the industry is trying to bait you into creating. Right? We we get sucked into this vacuum of like, oh, well, this is hot and that's hot. You got to do something. You know, even when you're pitching it, it's it's like this with that, and then you know, like p- people get so lost in this world of of competing. And I think when you're creating art. Art is not about competition and art is not about profit. Art is about creating something original, it's beautiful and inspiring. And, you know, hopefully you can stay true to that and that your art will also make a positive impact on society and change uh, some of these problems that we're dealing with. Okay, well, that's that's a pretty nice note uh, to be able to end things on. Um so yeah, man, it's been been an absolute pleasure. Uh, Got to thank you for 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 being on the show. Oh my my pleasure. Th- thank you so much, oh, Josh. And your new film, Suicide Saint, is out when? Twelve twenty two twenty one next year. Twelve twenty two twenty one. Okay, I will keep an eye out for it. <laughs> awesome. All right. Have a wonderful day. Thanks, man. Thanks so much for listening. If you haven't already and you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to this podcast and to our mailing list. And don't forget, my book, Brexit, The Establishment Civil War, is now available for pre-order on Amazon. You'll find the link in the description below. Until next time, thanks for listening.